Welcome to another recording of the Game of Crowdfunding segment, Interview Edition, sponsored by All Us Geeks. We're recording this Tuesday, July 23rd, 2013. And yes, this is Jeff King, and I'm breaking my own rule because it's my game. I can do that. I have somebody here that we're going to talk to in a minute that I decided I wanted to talk to, and I could, uh, after some conversation, and I was able to fit it in my schedule. So this is going to be an extra interview that we give you, above and beyond the one that you'll get next week. So who was able to make me break my own rule? Forrest Bauer, and I'm from Box Forest Games, and I appreciate you breaking your rule for, uh, for, for me. I think that's going to be a theme when we get to Forrest's game that's on Kickstarter. <laughs> Real quick, uh, actually, before we get it, we're just going to go ahead and, and get into some of the stuff we like to talk about. But we will be talking about Help Wanted, which is on Kickstarter right now by Baca Forest Games. And we'll be getting into that a little bit later. But first, let's go through and, and learn a little more about Forest, of course, like we always do. So our first question for us that we tend to ask everybody is, what makes you a geek, sir? What makes me a geek? Uh, I uh, PC gaming, board gaming, video game obsession. Uh, it started at an early age. My dad was one of those first people that really got the high-speed Internet, so I was just blasted with Internet back before people were really using the Internet, and it's just developed from there. I mean, my uncle used to play Risk with me, and that's where my board game obsession started, and it slowly but surely to evolve to more complex games and I don't think I, I seem like a geek from the outside, but on the inside, I definitely, definitely am a total geek. <laughs> right. And one of the things that we've been asking recently is because it's something that we usually try to stress on the podcast proper, that there are all different things that you can be, you can kind of geek out about and be passionate about. So do you have a geek passion that somebody may not associate with geekdom? Oh, absolutely. I have a uh, Chicago White Sox tattoo. There you I go. Eat the heck out about baseball and football normally. I can recite stats and statistics all day. You're one of the perfect examples that we've talked about on our podcast where people that do like fantasy football and all that good stuff, they might not consider themselves geek, but they are very passionate about it. and I know a few people that no matter what you try to have a conversation about they're going to steer it back to football when it's football season and all that good stuff so that is a geek passion <laughs> that's pretty much me in a nutshell if you're not talking about football i kind of just zone off sometimes <laughs> all right well I'll, I'll say the word football every once in a while during the <laughs> to keep you on on your toes okay so then the other one that we usually like to ask people uh and it can be specific or general depending on what your preference is but what do you do as a profession sir I am definitely going to go with the uh, generic. I'm actually a preschool teacher. I work with the young children. It's been a passion of mine for a long time. Every day is a new day. I mean, to them, they're learning new things every day, and they just have this amazingly hilarious outlook on life that's just refreshing. Awesome. All right. I think where I want to start with you, Forrest, now that we're past the stuff that uh, I ask uh, pretty much everybody, is I actually kind of know you. We haven't had a whole lot of conversations or stuff, but I do know you because you are a fellow game reviewer. Yes, I love reviewing games. I love playing games. And it just started as something to do, just to do, and put it out there. And now it's something that 
300 plus subscribers and uh, it's a weekly thing and as always with uh, any guests that we talk to anything that we talk about that we have a web link to there will be web links in our show notes and this particular one will be to Forrest's youtube channel which is bowers game corner yep so how did you decide to start getting into that what made you decide to go you know what i need to review games Really, it's I have no idea. I was just sitting there. My fiance works. She works at Kohl's, so she works just bizarre hours. And she, sometimes she goes in at six a.m. Sometimes she gets off at midnight. Just sitting there in our, our studio apartment one night, and I had, uh, I just played a game called Bacchus, a very very obscure game. And I was like, you know what? I need to review this game. And then uh, I reviewed it in one take on my webcam, which was ridiculously hard to do. It took me like an hour and a half, and then. I, I put it up on YouTube and on Board Game Geek, and I had like two hits the next day, and I was like, "Whoa, two people watch my video!" And it was it was kind of addictive. <laughs> so, how long have you been doing this now? The reviews we are actually, I believe, tomorrow will be our our one year anniversary when I posted the first Bacchus review. I've been doing it for too long. Awesome. So, since that's your primary medium for doing reviews. Did you already do like some video editing and stuff prior to doing your first video or? No, no, no. And it, uh, it's, uh, that's one thing I actually, I do a geek list that I kind of update here and there and I kind of chronicle how I, I started off just, Hey, I'm on a, I'm on a webcam and the sound quality is crappy. And when the air conditioner turn kicks on, I have to restart the take. And then I told my buddy Eric about it, who is actually the, uh, the artist for Bach Force Games now. And he's like, Hey, you know, he's got his bachelor's degree in art and video and that sort of stuff. And he's like, Hey, how about we start shooting in my basement? And then we started to gain more subscribers. And he's like, Yeah, I want to do this and this and make it more professional. And then he did a little jingle for us that we start off with. And it just slowly but surely progressed to something that was definitely more professional looking. But me personally, no, I, I can't even use MS Paint. No, I, I have no artist abilities or editing abilities of any sort, pretty much. So is your friend then uh, editing the videos or are you just putting them out? You just do a, a one take shot, no editing and, and put them out? No, uh, normally what we do is we do three takes now. And uh, how we'll do it is we'll start with the, the intro where I'll just be saying, this is what we're going to be doing. We're taking a look at today. This is how many players, all that sort of stuff. And then we'll do another take of the gameplay. And then we'll do the final take of what I think and, you know, check out the YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And then he, we do that every Tuesday evening. Actually, before I, I just talked to you, we actually just uh, did one for some coins that uh, we got sent from a Kickstarter. And uh, that'll be up later this week. And we do that every single Tuesday like clockwork now. Okay. So then editing, though. He does all that. He I mean, still does. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, I'm just the pretty face, so to speak. Because <laughs> right. here's where I was coming from with that. A couple of the interviews we've done recently is we've just recently kind of started doing game previews for videos because all of our reviews are audio related obviously for the podcast mm -hmm. so our full length reviews are there but we've started doing preview videos and myself and my co-host have a newfound respect for anybody that uses video as their primary way to review games <laughs> oh it's a, it's amazing i've i've tried me and my fiance have tried to edit one of the videos i was like oh i'll just try it ourselves and it was uh it's a lot harder <laughs> than it seems and it's a ton of hurry up and wait yeah that's the one thing is like especially when you start getting to the point where you're processing it and throwing it up to youtube i've actually said screw this i'm going to bed i'll see what happened in the morning <laughs> 
Yeah, that's that's one thing we've encountered. He's he's started to film it in higher quality, which is awesome. But then at the same time, I try and be really consistent that I release it every Wednesday morning. So it used to be when we had 520p or whatever it is, it would just load in like 15 minutes. And then it was like 35 minutes. And now it's like an hour. And it's like, really? Do I have to get up an hour early just to do this? And it's I, I still keep doing it because I'm addicted to it. But it's I, I feel you there. Do you have a website or do you just go with the YouTube and your association with uh, where you put stuff on BoardGameGeek? Uh, yeah, I no website or anything like that. Like I said, this is just something I do for fun. I mean, we do monetize our videos, so we do... I mean, we're hopefully going to get our first little $100 check coming up, so that's pretty cool. But yeah, no real website. We do have a Box Force Games website, but it's not... You know, it's not really open to the public that much. We're, we're, we're trying to hammer it out. We're going to try and connect the two because that's one thing that, that I was really hoping would happen is that I'd gain, you know, a little bit of credibility in the board game world and be like, Hey, I think I recognize that guy from a review or something for the game. But yeah, no website or anything like that. Okay. So let's transition then a little bit. Cause, okay. So you said that your friend, it's Eric, right? Yeah, Eric Baca. Eric, Eric Baca. Is, uh, great friend. So the two of you have been working together on the videos. Where did the transition come in that you go, hey, let's uh, create a game company? As a preschool teacher, I mean, I have three or four games that I've created before before any of this started that it's just, you know, stuff we play in class and stuff we still do play in class. And I've always wanted to do that sort of thing. It's just been, you know, I have no art skills. I have no editing skills. This was before Kickstarter really boomed or anything like that. So it was just one day we were uh, we were actually playing Apples to Apples. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of fun. But I really wish you could, like, kind of tell a story. You know, that's where uh, Help Wanted kind of came about that I was, I was like that. But and that's when he was like, hey, well, what if we tried to create a game together? We started talking, collaborating, and uh, it kind of just kept snowballing and snowballing. And we've had a couple big bumps here and there. I mean, we're here now, and it just kind of came out of a, just a conversation over apples to apples. So Help Wanted is going to be the first game that Baca Forest Games puts out? Is that correct? Absolutely. First game that Baca Forest Games puts out. We were planning on releasing another game last year, and that uh, that fell through because we did not realize the extreme amount of playtesting games need before they're, they're polished enough to go. There we go. See, that's kind of where I wanted to head now. Let's talk about that experience in a little bit. You had a game that you were planning to bring this to kickstarter you were hoping this other game yeah we were hoping to release it last december we, we were actually at that time we had two games we were really focused on we were focused on help wanted and then we were focused on this game called undead jungle which is still on the back burner somewhere in the game company it was a zombie game obviously a zombie game set in the jungle survival kind of game and it, it, we really liked the game but it was like it needed play testing and play testing and play testing we didn't realize how much playtesting it would actually need. I mean, we put, you know, probably 100 hours playtesting and we still were finding tweaks and things that we needed to fix. It's just, it gives me a, a, an absolute appreciation for games like Twilight Imperium where it's like, <laughs> how much did you have to possibly playtest this game to get this like this? It's, it's, it's daunting. So do you have a process yet that you go through for designing? Well, let, let's start with, I've got an idea. Do you have a process that you go through right now or yet 
to get it from I have an idea to okay, here's a game that we can start playtesting. Normally, what what happens is uh, I'm mostly the creator of this. We have three people in the company, and I, and I mostly create the games. Eric has come up with I think one or two ideas, but I'm the one that really pushes it forward. And I'll just get into this mood. I'll be on like a Saturday. My fiance will be at work, and I'll just start cutting up paper and start making cards and start playtesting with myself like immediately, just trying to hammer things out. I write everything down and then I tell Eric about it. And then um, it normally goes from there where he tries it out and we, we see if there's anything there, see if it's fun, see if it's what all it's going to entail to make the game, try and work on themes and stuff like that. But we don't have an actual process yet because we do have, we, you know, we don't have any official games made, so we don't know how the process is going to change over time. You know what I mean? Right. So since you had this other game that you were thinking about bringing to Kickstarter, but you realized the uh, play testing aspect of it, what have you kind of put in place then, say, like for Help Wanted before it came to Kickstarter for play testing? So I guess what's your play testing process then right now? Well, that's the great thing about Help Wanted. We take it to a party and people want to play. I mean, it's like, hey, did you bring that? Like in our group of friends, we bring it and then say, hey, do you want to borrow this for like a family get together or something like that? And they do. It's been a lot of blind play testing with like one person knowing the rules. So we're getting a lot of feedback from people who aren't gamers and who aren't people we know. It's, you know, third hand kind of feedback, which has really been Awesome. We've got a lot of great card ideas. We actually got some of our special card ideas because of people we didn't even know playing the game with, you know, mutual friends of ours who just kind of barred. Then we've also been playtesting it a lot ourselves, obviously. And uh, the great thing about this game is the playtesting, the core mechanics are very similar to a lot of other games. So we know the mechanics aren't, we're not going to have to constantly be tweaking this and that. It's just, you know, it's kind of a beer and pretzels game where the rules take a backseat to the hilarity. Right. It's a fun little party game with a storytelling element. Yeah. So you go through the playtesting process. Uh, you get your, your feedback and your tweaks and all that stuff. Uh, you decide it's ready to go or it's ready to be somewhere. How did you decide to go with Kickstarter? Or, or what did you do to get ready to go to Kickstarter? I, I'm a little bit of a Kickstarter addict. I'm not like one of those with 100 backers, but I'm with 30 backers. I, I listen to Funding the Dream, the podcast. I listen to pretty much every episode he's put out just because one thing I wanted to make sure of was I realized that we are going to be a new company. And I realized we're going to have stick figure artwork. And I realized we're just going to be these three random dudes coming in there with a party game. So we need to make sure we have all our ducks in a row, that we're talking to, to podcasters, we're talking to bloggers, we're getting our Twitter ready, we're getting everything ready to go. So I've been just studying as much as I can about Kickstarter trends and statistics and, and, and all sorts of things to get this ready. I don't make very much money, um, so obviously I can't afford to, to make the 500 copies of the game that I'm going to need. I, I've seen a lot of stuff on Kickstarter. I actually had a buddy of mine who did something on Kickstarter. It failed, but and I, I've just learned about the model, and I really like the model. It's a really cool model because it just I just I just love it because it gets people excited for things, excited for projects that don't even exist yet, which I think is really cool. Then on the flip side, you you kind of were talking about this a little bit earlier, but the research that you've put into it before actually launching. So what went into that process? Just a lot of studying trends. I mean, kick track, kick track, kick track. If you are planning on doing a Kickstarter and you don't know what kick track is, you need to bump your Kickstarter back a month immediately. I mean, you need to be studying when to launch, when to have events, like when to have, you know, uh, promotions and whatnot, not promotions, but, you know, when to do everything. I mean, that, that's one thing I really tried to hammer in on 
was what was going to make this game successful the, the most that I possibly could. We're on Kickstarter now. <laughs> so, Help Wanted. Why don't you give us your uh, high-level overview of Help Wanted? Help Wanted, an adult party game, very adult, ages 17+. plus. It's built from the ground up to be just a beer, pretzels, sit around a table, say really inappropriate stories, and have just a blast playing the kind of game. I mean, it says three to eight players, but we've played with 10, 12, 13 players. It's just a matter of at eight, we think that's the perfect level because once you get more, it's going to start taking too long between your turns. But help wanted, there's going to be one person who's a judge, and they're going to flip over a problem card, and they're going to have some crazy problem. Like, I just caught my wife cheating on me. I pooped my pants. I need a date. Any number of bizarre situations. Every other player is going to get five cards that are solution cards. And these are going to range from regular things like I have a rock, I have a Swiss Army knife, to incredibly surreal things like I'm a shapeshifter, you know, uh, I'm with the mob, I have a truck full of Mexicans, just a lot of inappropriate things. A lot of things in the middle ground. We tried to make it so that we weren't just going for shock value. We didn't want to just be every other other thing was a curse word or, you know, an extremity that I'm not going to name. We, we tried to make it very balanced that there are going to be the majority of the game is going to be inappropriate. But we didn't just want it to be shock value for shock value's sake. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. You are going until August 23rd. Yep. You're looking for $8,500. Yes, sir. Currently got $3,755, so you're well on your way there, which is awesome. We're ecstatic about that. I, uh, and we had a really bad first day, which was very surprising. We, we only had 14 backers. It was really down, but I think that's just because we didn't launch at the right time. But we kept our nose to the grindstone sharing and everything, and it's it's really picked up. It seems to be doing really well, and you've got like plenty of time left. $5 will get you a PDF copy. And $25 will get you the physical copy and the PDF. Is that correct? There's one, the $25, just give me the freaking game. We tried to name it as, as simple as we could, where you're just going to get the game, the PDF, and my phone number. And then we have we had the game, and it was awesome. And then somebody wrote a little message on the bottom of one of our prototype cards. And the card came up the next time we played. It just cracked everybody up. And I was like, hey, what if we just put little messages down there? Just little random things. And then we, we came up with the idea uh, about a month or two ago that why don't we add that? So at the $30 level, you're going to be able to put your own personalized message on the bottom of a card as long as you're not you know using hate speech or something like that. But yeah, we really like that level. I'm excited to see what a lot of people are going to be putting on cards. <laughs> you mentioned it, and I, was, I wanted to ask you about it. So almost all of these levels have, here's my phone number. Where, where did that decision come from? <laughs> That was one thing that I'm still being called crazy for. Uh, my fiance is not the biggest fan of it. Uh, the two guys in my company think it's insane. But that was just, I mean, I, I backed a lot of projects and I know how it is when you're not getting the communication that you want from someone. When it's like, what, what, where are we? Where are we at this game process? And, you know, obviously 90% of the people aren't going to contact me through the phone, but I wanted to give them that added extra little security blanket of, hey, if we're in the manufacturing process, you're getting antsy and you want to know what's going on, you can shoot me a text. You can call me, leave me a voicemail, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Like not some automated message, not on Skype, like my own personal phone number that my grandmother calls me on. <laughs> I don't know if that's affecting backers or if they, if they think that's a neat idea. I don't think anyone's ever done it on Kickstarter before, but I just wanted to try it just because you know I am 
confident in this game. Like this game is now our number one priority with a bullet. I mean, we want to make the best possible game we can. And, you know, having all those backers with my phone number is, is awesome incentive to not screw up. <laughs> I'm going to have to have you come back on and uh, let me know if you've had to change your phone number in the future. <laughs> Fingers crossed we make a uh, make an awesome game and all we get are drunken dials about how great the game is in the future. Obviously, you've got levels higher than the $30 one where people get to add a little saying to the card. Uh, what else can people expect to look at for different pledge levels? Is, is there one that you're super excited about that you put on that you kind of went, oh, we, we've got to include this one? Yes, there is one that I think is is hands down the best one. It's, uh, it's the $60 level. It lets you draw a card in the game and it will not be just going to, yeah, I've seen a lot of people do this before, but this is going to go into every single copy of the game. You're going to get a copy of the game. You're going to get your own personal card. You can put the message in there. Uh, you can put whatever title for the card you want, as long as, you know, it obviously makes sense to the game and you're going to be able to draw it and it's, it's going to immortalize you in the game. It's going to be in every future copy of the game ever released, which hopefully it will be a lot. But I think uh, there's only 10 of them, but I, I really think it's a really cool level that I would actually like to do myself, but I've been informed I can't. <laughs> Other than that, we got, you know, we got the typical stuff like a meal at Gen Con with me if you want to eat dinner with me. And we, we have something called the Baca Forest Game Superfan, which I believe is at the $300 level. And that's, um, that's actually one we, we, we're not quite sure of what exactly it is yet. It's going to be constantly transforming as we grow as a game company. It's going to get you the game, obviously. It's going to get your own personal card and all that sort of stuff. But then, you know, any swag that we make for promotional stuff, because hopefully we're, we're going to be doing, you know, smaller conventions with this game. So we're going to be making merchandise and whatnot. We're going to send to you. I mean, if you're in Fort Wayne, you want to stay at my house for a night that sort of thing like i'm looking at this from a very kind of an oddball kind of way same thing with giving my phone number i want this to be a game company that you just say oh it's box force games i like their games i'm going to support it i mean then you'll watch the video we want this to be a game company i mean there's three guys in the company i'm kind of the face of it and, and we want you to know me you know, I, I've gone out of my way to make sure I contact every single person we message and that supports us. And I want to have ongoing conversations with these people and really get to know these people. But also the one kind of wink, wink, nod, nod thing is that, you know, we're going to need help with play testing with these games. Right. Mm -hmm. And and we're going to need help before the game's released. And then after the game's released, we're going to need more help play testing. So once the game's released, we'll definitely have to send it to you for play testing. If you catch my drift there. <laughs> Listening to you talk, I mean, obviously you have a passion for what you're, what you're doing and, and what you're trying to put out, but you may end up not having a fiance by the time this is all over. I, uh, I'm not, I'm not a religious man, but God has blessed me with uh, the most amazing fiance ever who can, who can put up with my ADHD, like, which really does have a huge impact on my life. I can't focus on more than one thing at a time unless I'm on my medication that is just, I'm here and there and here and there and here and there. I mean, like while I was making this game and we were just incredibly into this game, I was also filming a local independent movie and working full time and going to school. I just have to stay busy. I crave the busyness. We moved into a new house, had our first child and got a St. Bernard puppy all within a two week span. <laughs> I just have to be moving forward or I feel like I'm just stuck. And uh, she is a godsend for putting up with me. I love her more than anything. I'm just saying, people start showing up at your door <laughs> because they because they've given you some money. 
They're, they're Bach Force game super fans. I'll welcome them with open arms. They can eat all our ramen for all I care. Eat our ramen, drink our beer, pet our dog. All right. You know what? You mentioned it, so I'm going to ask about it and see if it's something that uh, you can talk about. But uh, independent movie? What's up with that? Uh, it's called Phantom of the Woods. It's, uh, it was a Fort Wayne local independent movie, and uh, I play just uh, an asshole of a character named Curtis in it. It's, uh, it's a horror movie about um, just this phantom in the woods that causes a lot of people to die. And it, it was actually kickstarted. I'm friends with the makeup artist. Uh, one of my friends, Kara, was a makeup artist, and I came in and did an audition, and I just bombed it. Bombed it to hell. It was <laughs> atrociously terrible. It was so bad that I've had people admit to me that, God, you were really bad after I said I was really bad, wasn't I? <laughs> Which, you know, obviously they normally don't do. But she was like, I think he's going to do good on this character, and I think I did a pretty good job. And it actually was just released uh, a month ago, and um, it was released at a local movie theater. It sold out. It's on IMDb if you want to check it out. It's called Phantom of the Woods. It's something I really enjoy doing. I'll probably do one or two more movies, but I have a feeling with this Kickstarter looking like it, it's probably going to succeed. That's definitely going to take the uh, the driver's seat of my life for quite a good length of time right now. See, you started speaking my language there because you know my other podcast is a horror podcast. Oh, nice. <laughs> I actually do that one. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I'm sure you're well aware of Father Geek. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, Cyrus and I are, are good friends, and uh, him and I decided, you know what, we've already got our gaming outlet, and we talk horror. Let's uh, let's do a monthly podcast where we review a horror movie together. That sounds pretty cool, actually. I envy you for having the, the hunger for the podcast. Me, we actually tried one a month or two ago, and I just couldn't do it. I just I felt so weird not talking to anyone aside from one other person. It just you got to have a special talent to be able to do it. It takes something, and just like the uh, video side of things, I mean, the editing is crazy. It's tedious and crazy. Well, I lucked out there. All I got to do is play a boatload of games and talk about them. <laughs> Let's see. I see you have. Uh... One stretch goal defined for upgrading the cardstock and the box. What else, if you're willing to share, because I see you have it kind of, we'll approach it when we get there. I don't think I'm ready to announce it, That's but fine. it is going to be fantastic. I am ecstatic about our next stretch goal. I don't think it's ever been done in a party game this size before. I don't know that for a fact because I haven't played them all, but I'm pretty sure it hasn't been done in a party game with over 500 cards before. And I think... Once we do announce it, it's going to give us a pretty big boom because I think people are going to get really excited about the game. We want to let people know, you know, we're, we're first and foremost committed to making the game and then improving the box and the cards, which are obviously the two most important things that are going to come with the game. Okay. Let's see here. So you're, you talked about your, uh, your super fan, <laughs> which I'm still going to be concerned for your relationship, Forrest, until, uh, until this is in the bag and you come back and let me know that you're, you're fine and and therapy's going well and your phone number's changed. <laughs> no, she's uh my fiance has been she's she's definitely I can tell it's grading on her, but she's she's actually starting to get excited. She's learned what kick track is and she looks at some of the numbers and she's like, Really? And I was like, you know, that's that's trends. We're probably not right. gonna get that high, but you know, even you know, half of that, we're still gonna make an amazing game. And she's starting to get really excited about it, I can tell, even though she won't admit it. Let's talk about that a little bit then. Okay, so this is your first Kickstarter, but you've kind of sat on the sidelines, kind of like what I do as well. I mean, I review things that are coming up on Kickstarter. I obviously have these interviews and have the game of crowdfunding segment where I'm constantly in 
Kickstarter and in KickTrack and all that good stuff, just like you were. What is it like being on the other side, though? I mean, were you as prepared as you thought you were? I no, we were not. We were not. <laughs> and and our first update, I, I thoroughly admitted that we did. We've done a lot of things right. I think we really have done a lot of things right. I mean, obviously, our numbers, our backers are, are showing that that you know we're probably going to get funded, so we're doing something right. But yeah, we screwed the pooch on international shipping big time and a couple other things like launch date. I think we launched at a bad time. Yeah, we were charging $40 and $60 for shipping, which is, it seemed ludicrous to us. And I couldn't figure out how people did it cheaper because I was under the impression that our game needed to be shipped in a box because, you know, games come in boxes. And then I realized uh, a Canadian backer actually reached out to me and said, hey, have you considered USPS flat rate envelopes? And I was like, what? <laughs> and it pretty much cut the price of shipping in half for us. So we, we figured that out. I figured that out as quickly as I could because we were getting a pretty big backlash about that. And um, we, we got that taken care of, and we now have a couple Canadian backers, which is fantastic. Also, we, I, don't, I don't think we launched on a very good day. I was thinking, you know, we launched on a Saturday night. We got, we got a lot of initial support from people. We could, you know, kind of boom it. And the Saturday, we actually hosted like a little get-together. We played the game. We drank. We, we had a lot of fun. And we got, ended up getting like 14 backers, which, you know, I was happy about. But it, it was really worrying me. Another thing is our video, our video, I've gotten a lot of comments about our video. <laughs> I know where this is going. I've seen the comments. <laughs> I personally stand by our video. I think our video, we wanted to, we wanted to get our sense of humor across in a video. And we actually, we're going to, we're going to release it to backers uh, in the next couple of weeks. We actually filmed a different video called live gameplay of it, which is even more offensive. And we watched it and we're like, this is not going to be our video. So we, we, we did the whole professional thing, but we still wanted to add humor. And, and a lot of people got offended because I flip off the camera. And to me, I, I, you know, I'm 27. I'm desensitized to that kind of thing. It was just, my buddy threw up a thumbs up sign and I was just kind of like, uh, you know, throwing the finger and, and it got like a pretty big backlash. In hindsight, I probably wouldn't have thrown it up. But yeah, we also we dropped some curse words in the video, which apparently some people had uh, a couple problems with. And I, I think we we did well. I think we appealed to our audience. But that was definitely something I wasn't expecting was a backlash from our video. Yeah, I, I mean, I've watched the video, obviously, <laughs> and uh, I, I saw the comments. Uh, I have I agree with you that uh, I mean, for what the game is. You set the tone very well, and it was it, you did a good job in the video, and the humor came across. And I especially appreciate the uh, "Don't play to six <laughs> portion of it, and uh, all that good stuff. I watched it, and saw that, and then and then I think right after that, I saw the comments about about the end of the video. And from my perspective, it was the tone of the game to me. I was fine with it, but I guess I can see, and that's that's why we didn't edit it out, like. Uh... Eric's wife actually was like, I don't like, cause she's from Arkansas. She's like, I don't like the, the middle finger. And we were like, what? And we didn't think anything of it. And then sure enough, people thought some of it. Yeah. I guess it's just the PC society. And, um, it's just one thing I don't, I don't normally think about. Cause I mean, I work with young children, so they have no concept of PC. And, and, it, and my friends are obviously not very PC if they're playtesting this game with me constantly. So it's not something that really runs through my brain too often. 
Now, I the one thing I don't recall is did you give any warning up front about uh, possible language or anything? I think it was just a straight playthrough, right? That's the only thing I could possibly see is just even though it kind of says underneath it that it's mature adults and all that good stuff, just playing the video straight up cold. I could see maybe somebody getting upset if they happen to have had kids in the room or something like that. We put it at the very beginning, it's an adult party game for ages 17 and up, and then we flash 17 and up. So yeah, I figured that was warning because that was right <laughs> from the get-go before you see anything. Right. There you go. So I personally was fine with it. I'll, I'll put that out there. Jeff King from All Us Geeks, and that's Jeff at allusgeeks.com. Go ahead, send the, send the emails. <laughs> I was fine with it because of the overall tone of the game. I recently saw a different, somebody was, was previewing a Kickstarter and I, off the top of my head, I don't remember what it was. And even if I did, I wouldn't go into it, but their video was ridiculous. And I told them as much. And that's kind of why I was checking it out. It was pre and it was just like, this does nothing to keep me interested, not only in the game, but it is just, it's just ridiculous. I didn't have any of that issue with what you put out there. And that's, that's one thing that we're, we're really happy is about. Like we are, I think we're at about 40% completion rate of people actually watching the entire video. And I was like, wow. Cause like I'm used to my YouTube videos where it's like, oh, somebody watched three and a half minutes of it. Somebody watched two and a half minutes. But for people that, you know, 40% of the people to actually stick around for the whole video, I think we really knocked that one out of the park for better or for worse. I got to say overall, it was, it was well done, but going back. <laughs> You weren't prepared for shipping. You got a little bit of backlash on the video. Just on the anticipation and watching the numbers side, I mean, were you ready for that? Were you ready for being that involved and how and watching how things grow or or anything like that? Completely no. I mean, we're <laughs> we're only in day day three, and I feel like we've been doing this for a month now. It's uh, you don't realize how much. Well, I'm sure it's different for different backers, but I'm trying to be as hands-on as possible. You know, my computer constantly has like 10 tabs open of, oh, we need these promo cards for Gen Con. We need this. We need this. We need this. We need this. You know, somebody responded to this on Reddit. Somebody did this on uh, on the Indiana site that we're doing this. Just constant bombardment of things. And it's just, as for the numbers on KickTrack, no, we also weren't expecting that. I was going to be happy. I still will be happy. We just get this thing funded just so I can put this out here and say, I did this. I created this. And then I think once people play it, they're going to love it. And then it's, it's really going to, it's going to do a lot better because cards against humanity, you know, granted it came out on a different time on Kickstarter. didn't explode. I mean, it got 12,000, which is great, but it didn't explode until afterwards. And I think that's really what I was hoping for with this game, that once people played this game, that's when it's like, where did you get that? I need to get a copy of it. But watching trends and stuff like that, I mean, seeing numbers over 30,000, no. I was, I'm still trying to wrap my brain about s stuff like that. Uh, and I'm still not getting my hopes up <laughs> about things like that <laughs> because the kick track is the devil. It's the devil, but it's amazing <laughs> just because it just puts these amazing thoughts into your mind. But then you just have to push them aside and say, nope, we just need to keep our nose down keep pushing this, keep sharing this, keep tweeting this, just keep getting the word out about this game and trying not to focus on the numbers that are bigger than my salary. <laughs> the other place I was kind of going with that is, uh, have you worn out your refresh button? <laughs> no, we, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's getting close though, but no, it's, uh, luckily I do it on my tablet and on my phone and my computer. <laughs> so all three of those will probably be ruined by the time August ends. I thought this was a good, because I don't think we've actually covered this with some of our other guests. And with this being your first one, I thought this was 
kind of a good subject to, to kind of go into, but it's one of the things that I know a lot of people aren't prepared for, but the time consumption some people that I've talked to in the past have kind of just said, "Oh yeah, you know, you're going to you're going to launch this and you'll do some updates and you know, it'll just it, it, things will happen." And they were totally unprepared for the, "Oh my god, the the numbers are moving. I got to I got to keep watching and that part and then of course trying to be as hands-on as possible with people in the comment section and all that good stuff." So, were you ready for that up front or is that something that you're also going, "Okay, I, this is there's more time involved than I originally was thinking when we launched this. Where do you fall? There is infinite amount more time than I thought. Okay. I was under the impression that I would have a lot to do, but it's it's not even... And I think I'm slacking big time on, on getting the bloggers and just getting the word out. And we're, you know, I'm putting hours a day into it. And I'm losing sleep at night just because it's like, oh, but I need to do this. I need to do that. There's just an extremely daunting amount of things to do. Now, granted, it, we we run a three-man company. We got my buddy Dustin, who's our graphic designer, and he's pretty much just the graphic designer. He does a little bit of the promotion, but not too much. You know, my buddy Eric, he's the artist. He tends to, to keep his nose out of it, so it's pretty much all falling on me, and it's just a ridiculous amount of things I'm trying to juggle. But it's it's something I really enjoy. I really... I love it because my ADHD where it's just like, I need to do this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And then I need to refresh all that and then do four more <laughs> things. And it's, it's just a mountain that doesn't end, but it doesn't end because people are getting into the game, which is, is amazing. I thought it would be a good subject to cover with you because again, I don't think we've talked about it before. Even talking about it, I just, it seems to be one of those things that will sneak up on everybody, especially their first project. No matter how many times you tell people, this is going to consume you for a while. <laughs> yeah, I, I got one particular example of one thing that I, I tried to do. I don't know if it's, it's going to bear fruits, but I, I took a day off of work and I tried to compile as many board game slash comic board game stores in the country that I could find and send them out a mass email about the game, which there's not as far as I could find one great source to do that and get their emails. So I spent probably a good 24 hours over a two day span going through thousands of websites, you know, cause a lot of these stores unfortunately closed down, but going through a thousands of these websites, trying to find these email addresses. And it's just like, Oh my gosh, I just wanted to quit every time. It's like, Oh, we're only to Texas. We still have all these states left, but it's just stuff like that. You don't think about, but it's the more effort you put into it. I really do think the more effort it's going to come out of it. All right. Now here's a question I've got to ask you for us. I got to ask this question. Yeah. As a game reviewer, how did you make the decision not to get reviews up front? Because <laughs> I don't see any reviews on the site. Yeah, that's that's something that we really, it, it kind of sucks because we have all of our cards, but they're still in prototype version. We're still in the process of putting them all onto the computer. Like the artwork, the majority of the artwork is drawn. You know, we got a lot of the artwork drawn, but it's just putting it in there. And we do have the prototype because I did a preview for it, which is about all we got. But it's, it's, it's only like 125 cards. And we debated getting a bunch of those made from the game crafter. We were like, you know, it'd be better to send those out. And then I was like, but no, because I think it really shortchanges the game because I want people to realize and we try and tout this as often as possible. We, this game is going to have so much replayability because, because you are going to get over 500 cards. And that's one thing I wanted to stress. And I was like, I don't want to send out this with just 125 cards. And uh, that was a decision we made, and 
Do I think we'd be doing a little bit better if we would have sent this out? Yes, I do. And I don't think we're going to do that again with the next game. I think we're definitely going to do that. But it was a decision that I made. And uh, we're, we're, we're sticking by it because, you know, being a Kickstarter preview and review, I do see a lot of Kickstarters that, that aren't run the best. And uh, this is one thing we definitely did mess up on. But I've learned a lot from all those other things. So I'm, I'm thinking it's balancing out. Okay. I had to ask, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, completely. And, and it was something that we debated for a while. Like we, we were at the game crafter and we were like, all right, we're going to get five copies made. And then I was like, it's like, I really, I didn't want to do it without the full game. I'm kind of a, a perfectionist about that for some reason. Before we wrap this up, let me ask you, we've, we've talked, shared quite a few things actually, but just in case there's something I didn't hit on. Are there any Kickstarter lessons or recommendations that you have for any of our listeners that might be looking at Kickstarter here soon? Is there anything that we haven't hit on that you would be like, you definitely need to do this? Or if you want to reemphasize something, that this, this one or two things that you really need to do before you hit that launch button. I highly recommend Early Bird. The early bird, I think, is just essential. I know some people don't like it because they don't feel like they feel like they missed out on a deal, but it really just bumps you up a lot, gets you a lot of backers. Like we're at like I think 130, 140, and it gets this excitement building up around your project. And those early bird prices just get people like, yeah, let's get this game made, and they start sharing all over the world. And the early bird level is one thing I really want to emphasize. Also, uh, not just not to shout out another podcast, obviously, but uh, uh, funding the dream was immensely helpful. Like just with helping us with tax things and a plethora of different things. Well, if there's ever a podcast to shout out, it's funding the dream. Richard Bliss actually used to help do the game of crowdfunding, so I'm. Perfectly fine for funding. the. Actually, I, I don't believe in competition of podcasts. I, I believe we're one big community. But funding the dream is definitely a good one, and we recommend it all the time as well. Other than that, I mean, we're three days in, so I, I, can't, I can't give you too much. Just expect, especially if you are the primary person working on uh, the promotion, to be losing a lot of sleep if you're doing it right, I think. It really is daunting. Also, Reddit. That's another thing I want to mention is, is Reddit. You need to be utilizing Board Game Geek and Reddit, and you need to be reaching out to Purple Pawn if you're doing a board game and reaching out to BoardGaming.com. You need to be reaching out to all these people, and even if only one in five nibble on it. I mean, it's still it's still extra promotion for your game, and one backer can turn into ten backers just like that if they get they get people excited about it for you. All right. Before I give the base information one more time, is there anything else that you want to make sure our listeners know about Help Wanted? Just to, if you're heading to Gen Con, uh, search me out. I'll be wearing a, a bright green shirt that says, Ask Me About Help Wanted, and I will probably have a, a card or two for you, and uh, I'll hopefully be doing some, some gameplay throughout there if you guys want to check it out if you're on the fence. Just look for me over at uh, Gen Con. What do you think about your project being over Gen Con week? Uh, was that planned on purpose? Is that something you planned for? That was absolutely intentional. I uh, I went to Gen Con last year and I realized that this is just this is exactly where I want to talk about people with my game. And I realize a lot of people think it's a, a bad idea and it might still be a bad idea because people are like spending their money at Gen Con. But I'm hoping that that I can reach more new people who might have heard about the project, but you know, maybe they didn't have the review there. You know, like like you mentioned, who can, you know, test out the game, see the cards there and see that this game 
you know, is a lot of fun. I'm hoping to do kind of, I don't know if you, uh, you've done any of the werewolf. I'm hoping to do it kind of like werewolf where we'll have it out there at night, invite some people over and people will join because they'll see a huge group of people laughing about uh, STDs and assassination or whatever. <laughs> just viral. Just thinking of stuff outside the box. But yeah, it, it was planned to be through Gen Con. Okay. Are you just out there kind of indie style or do you have a uh, part of a no, booth no, no. or anything? It's indie style. You come up to me. I'll, uh, I'll give you a couple promo cards with some information on it if you want. And, uh, I'll show you off some of the goods, so to speak. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully convince you to, uh, to share it, to back it, to pledge it, or just hopefully you'll, uh, want to get the hell away from me. <laughs> one, of, one of those two or three. We'll have to try to hook up while we're out there. Myself and my co-host Jordan are going to be out there as well. So we'll be the guys in, depending on which day it is, we have multiple colors, but the all us geek shirt. So <laughs> absolutely. Sounds good. <laughs> all right. So help wanted is on Kickstarter right now. It's going until August 23rd. It is looking for $8,500 currently just shy of 4,000. Go on out, check it out, back it. And go on over to YouTube and check out Bauer's Game Corner as well. Forrest does game reviews there as well. Forrest, thanks for coming on. Thank you for your time. It's been awesome having you on, man. And uh, like I said, you'll have to come back and let me know uh, how the phone number situation works out. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Thanks, man. 